Hey, everybody, it's time to LOL. Listen out loud, that is. It's time for Anime Jam Session with DJ Ronma S, Mako-chan, and Ari Rockefeller. Hey, everybody, welcome to Anime Jam Session, episode number 437. We are at podcast talks about anime, games, conventions, the fandom, geek stuff, and everything in between. I'm DJ Ronma S. I'm Ari Rockefeller. And I am Mako-chan. And I just want y'all to know that it's, right now, it's 48 degrees. It's second weekend of February. And I'm sitting in my house in t-shirt and shorts. Hmm. The weather will do that. I just say, have mercy. I mean, and they say there's no such thing as climate change. Yeah, sure. Whatever, old man. Whatever you say. Christ on a stick. Anywho, how is everybody doing tonight? Eh. I'm tired. <clears throat> I think I'm coming. I'm getting off. Getting off of something. A flu, cold, or something. According to Theo X seventy five, he's making cash. Well, good for you, good sir. Good for you. Pay them bills. Pay them bills. Oh man, we are live tonight, week of February eleventh, twenty twenty, right here on Twitch TV. We're here live Tuesdays at nine thirty p.m. Eastern. Uh, you can also interact with us at live.vognetwork.com. If you go to the site, there is a pop up viewer where you can watch us. If you want to go, if you want to take it to the next level. You can head on over to Twitch TV slash Anime Jam Session or Twitch TV slash VOG Network. We are a proud podcast member of the Voice of Geeks Network. More information at VOGNetwork.com. And we also have a Discord. You can find this at VOGNetwork.com slash Discord. Every participating podcast has a chat room, so come by, hang out. If you have some anime news or cosplay news or convention news, drop it in the chat. We'll love to hear from you. Oh, I think that was nice and sweet. Okay. Let's go ahead and kick things off um, with how was your week? How was your day? Ari. Uh, it's been mostly work-related stuff. Yeah. I uh, haven't had a whole lot interesting to do this past weekend. I'm just trying to take it as easy as possible, I guess. Yeah, I hear you on that. It's not like we have a convention to go to this weekend. Well, I don't. I mean, <laughs> neither do I. <laughs> nope. That's another month from now or so. Yeah, I'm still prepping for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Uh, my birthday is next week. Is it next week? No, no, two weeks from now. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I already had that day off, and well, honestly, it's just you know trying to survive from a uh, week to week. You know. I hear you on that. Believe you me. That sucks. I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere, but what can you do? I mean, sometimes in life you have to spin circles before you can spin in a certain direction to get going, you know? We've all been there. Some of us still are, but we're all living and learning, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Mako-chan, how was your week? How was your day? Uh, week wasn't bad. Um, I did end up getting sick this weekend, so, yeah, that wasn't fun. Um... 
but yeah, just uh, basically celebrating my birthday and eating way too damn much cake. Mm. Was it red velvet? No, it was chocolate, though. Forbidden chocolate. I wish. That's some good damn chocolate. <laughs> but yeah, I, that's that's basically it. Mm. Um, I lead a very boring life. We all do. Sometimes semi-boring. Mm. Depends on the week. Gotcha. Well, my weekend day has been pretty interesting. I actually went out to a party with some friends over the weekend, and we didn't didn't stay as long as I normally did. Came home, found myself coming down with something, so that's why my voice sounds the way it does. So I expect Mako-chan to make fun of me over that because I do that to her. So I don't hear anything different. You don't? No. That's odd. Trust me, I do sound different. <laughs> but um. I took some meds, so I'm getting over that. And that's basically has been it. I've been pouring through my backup, and I and I decided, you know what? I'm going to re-download my music, and it's, and I'm going to try to get the higher quality, my, like, flack audio quality. And I'm just sitting there going, wow, this audio quality is really good. Why did I download all my music in flack? And then I realized the, the size of the albums, and I'm just like, that's why. A normal album could run you 115 megs at 320k. A flack at highest quality will run you about a half a gig. Well, yeah, but if you have the room for it. I do, but I don't, but, well, the main thing is I'm going to try to get as much as I use my music I can back and just sort of organize everything and offload stuff from like 27, like media of the site 2017 and prior to a, to external storage. Speaking of, I got an email back from the company that I shipped my hard drive to. Yeah. They're telling me it's being shipped back. It was, this is the actual email. Hey, can you tell me the status of the hard drive data recovery? Thanks. His response, yes, it's being shipped back. It was tested and there was nothing wrong with the drive. You need to reboot the computer with it in. Thanks. <laughs> I, I, I really should print this out and show this to my boss because he says I need to be more eloquent with my, with my emails, which I do admit I need to. I want to show him this and be like... This is what I deal with when I'm off the clock. Oh, and please tell us his reaction too. I pro, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm seriously considering it. I say go for it. <laughs> I, I, I really want to tear it to him, as one tech to another. I really do, but, you know. Not until you get your stuff back. Exactly. And as Theo says in our chat room, looks like the coronavirus claims another victim. Ah, uh, not yet. 
we're still chugging along. Seriously. Seriously. <laughs> All right, moving right along. Uh, our next section is Geek Life. It's basically our cool geek stuff we do during the week, but this one we're kind of expanding it so that... I don't know why that did that. So that we could talk more about not just geek stuff, that's what we're displaying every week, but stuff we've been doing in our free time during the week when we're not podcasting or whatever, so... I think we should save... Well, go, go right ahead, Mako. Yeah, so for my birthday, I, I don't know why... Mm. Yeah, um... I don't know why there seemed to be a theme with the birthday gifts this year. Um, but it seemed that, like, I would say a good 90% of the gifts that I got were Harry Potter themed. And trust me, I'm not complaining, but yeah. So the next couple of weeks, you're going to just see a bunch of Harry Potter crap that I've been picking up. Um, so this is one of my gifts. Um, it's from one of those, I guess, websites that you send in your animal's photo, you know, and they stick their head onto either socks or pictures. So this is Damien. I know you guys don't usually get to see Damien, but this is Damien as a Slytherin character. Sometimes if you're lucky, you'll hear him in the background. Oh yeah, you can definitely hear him in the background. But uh, hmm. yes, but Damien is a very large gray boy. He's a um, chunk. He is definitely a chunk. Um, yeah, but yeah. So I just I am very intrigued with this. Just the fact that you know, even on the robes themselves, the house crest is like a paw print. So that just amuses the hell out of me, too. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so I, I I ended up getting a lot of Harry Potter crap this, <laughs> this uh, week. Well, it's what you asked for, isn't it? It's definitely what I asked for. And then, of course, I ended up buying myself something and that I pre-ordered it and that shipped and came in because I technically pre-ordered it for my birthday. And that was also Harry Potter themed. So it's just everywhere is Harry Potter stuff, and I'm okay with that. You know, I, I'm picturing you say I'm okay with that, and you're just giving a big old thumbs up about that, you know? With the big oh, no, old I've goofy got this grin. big goofy-ass grin on my face. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so is that going to go up in a frame and go on your wall? Well, it's actually a canvas, so... um. It's actually like an inch wide, so it's not going to go in a frame, but it'll go somewhere on the wall. I just mm. haven't decided where. I imagine the next time I, I ever come over, I'll, it'll be up and I'll just be looking around and be finding, but like probably, yeah, probably. And you realize the picture is staring at you. Oh yeah, and the eyes follow you. Yeah. yeah, and the eyes follow you. So, it works for Harry Potter. <laughs> oh, God. You're terrible. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm just a fan. Yep. Because we won't discuss the, you know, fan fiction that I've been reading. Oh, good Lord, no! What? 
No, if you keep this up, I'm calling 1-800-ATSKABAN and have them take you away. Hush you. <laughs> Azkaban should be lucky enough to have something as advanced as a 1-800 number. <laughs> I got a magic wand. I got I got them on speed, on, on, on speed dial spell. <laughs> <sighs> Call them up and they're like, It's like letting the loony people run, uh, run, um, what's his name from, from, run Arkham, you know? Hmm. Mako Charm walks in and be like, settle down, boys, I'm home. <laughs> <God. laughs> Alright, so. Alright, Ari, what about you, man? What's up with your geek life? Uh, not a whole lot, really. I mean, after I, mm-hmm. you know, beat Pokemon, I beat all the, did all the post-game stuff, and, uh, I was looking for other stuff to do, and they're like, oh, what's this? I'm like, oh, it's just Battle Frontier-style stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh. And I hate that about that. It, it, it also doesn't help that the uh, player characters are these hollow, wall-eyed, in, like, completely blank characters almost don't interact with the plot at all. Like, the plot just happens around them. Mm. You know what I mean? Yep. So, you know, the level of lo- emotional investment, you know, kind of drops, like, after I bodied Leon, like, Leon and his, his super awesome Charizard, you know, he's a Charizard, he's a Charizard, <laughs> at least, a- after the battle, he got rid of the cape. I don't know if you've seen the, the, the character, but yeah, he has a cape on, and I thought it would be cool, but it's covered in ads. But uh, other than that, I, I'm i trying to get back into Three Houses, the new Fire Emblem game, because the uh, expansion they have for it, there's a uh, another class. I'm like, where? Like, oh, we kept students locked in the basement. You. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, I'm sure there's some context to that that I'm not getting yet. <laughs> but, yeah, I definitely got to see what that's all about. Lord. I still have to fit. I still have to finish the uh, the quote-unquote hidden path that you get by uh, you know betraying betraying and then betraying again, mm. pretty much. But uh, yeah, that's about it, really. Okay. So this is what I've been up to outside the podcast and work. Um, I'm finally caught up with 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 uh, My Hero Academia, and that was really good. I'm just like, wow. I continue to watch Nekopara, and it's it's a cute anime. It's not as etchy as hentai as the original source material, but it's it's cute. If you like maids, you might want to check it out. If you like cats, check it out. Um, let's see. I actually started watching another series called Actors Song Collect. Um, the reason why I, I decided to check this out, because the description is... Had, is basically um, basically a male chorus group and they're singing songs from Exit Tunes. Now, some of you don't know this, but I am a big fan of Exit Tunes. Basically, Exit Tunes are basically import remix CDs of, of anime music and pop music and so forth. I would say, if you remember 
all the remix songs from DDR and anime that came out in the in the two thousands. That's exit tunes essentially. It's that style of music being remixed with to even to today's music and so forth. And I didn't realize this till one day I'm on I'm going to work, and my my MP3 player flipped over to my Princess Tunes uh tracks, which is another offset of Exit Tunes. And I'm just like, oh my God, this music reminds me of my 2000 Weeby years. Good Lord Almighty. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I think he made tunes came out in late twenty tens or something like that. Exit tunes, he made. Let me look it up real quick if I can find it. Oh God! All right, I don't think I can find it here. Let me let me look up something because I. Actually, no, I'm just going to look over here. Good Lord, it's just... Let me see if I can find it. Princess Tunes. Exit Tunes. No, no, that's not... No, no, that's not it. I I really hate doing this live on the radio. Just trying to figure out what this information is and what year and all of this stuff um happened uh, and I, I know i know it happens I, I get it but still you know i don't i don't really like to do this unless i unless it's a, you know unless i have it all right here and i don't he made trance i was looking up the wrong way he made trance Huh. Doesn't even can't even find it this way. Let's let's look up Hime Trance. There you go, two thousand six. Mm-hmm. And of course, you can get the albums off of Amazon. And and Tra- Hime Trance Two is going for one hundred and seventy dollars. Kiss my. That's crazy. No, but I will say the album covers are cute. It's like. They look kind of like, it's like, it's basically like cutesy styles of, of the Disney princesses. Because, like, there's Snow White, Cinderella, Ariel. If you look up Hime Trance images, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. So, e- e- enough about that. So, so, I'm getting my music back together. And then... I get into work this morning, and, you know, from time to time, they put out, I guess they put out, like, sampler books and stuff like that from publishers for people to take. And I walked into the uh, to the kitchen area, pantry area, to make some, get some coffee. And I found two books, uh, Umbrella Academy and um, Critical Role. I ended up giving them away to somebody on my Facebook. I'm like, just, just pay for shipping. Done. So while I'm doing my, my rounds, I'm helping another user, and she picked up two books. One that had all the artwork to Super Mario Odyssey, and one with Final Fantasy 1 to 6. And I and I noticed that it was sitting there, and I kind of geeked out about it. And about 15 minutes later, she messages me asking me if I want the book. So here it is. That's cool. Yep. 
Final Fantasy Ultimate Ultimana Archive. It's pro yeah. it's basically a complete massive art book. Here we go. As it says here, Dark Horse and Square Enix are thrilled to offer the first of three volumes celebrating the entrancing lore and exciting development of the initial six entries into the Final Fantasy saga. This holy grail of Final Fantasy fandom is packed full of original concept art, process pieces, and notes from the original artists and designers chronicling the creation of the T's timeless games. Totaling over 300 pages and collecting a high-quality hardcover binding, Final Fantasy Ultimania Archive Volume 1 remains faithful to its original Japanese source material while simultaneously offering unparalleled accessibility for Western readers. No Final Fantasy collection is complete without this beautiful tome of art, lore, and history. And what's cool is on the back, it has all of the Final Fantasy logos. I would actually pick up the, one of the books just ju just for Vivi for FF9. Because that's, that's, also, that's also on my to-do cosplay list. But enough about that. Let, let's move right along. Cause I have, have, we have a lot in, in store for tonight's show. Uh, housekeeping. Um, if it'll change... Wonderful. Like I said, um, all our podcasts are now on Anchor FM. I've, I've, I found out that a few of you have had to re-download uh, uh, re and resubscribe, and I apologize for that. Um, this has happened with iTunes um, or Apple Podcasts, however you want to do that. It's just moving everything over from our new hoster and getting everything updated, I guess, with Apple because I just went in and just changed the, the location of where to pull the episode. So I guess it decided that was no more and delete it and re-add it. I don't know. And also, this weekend is Katsukon, and it's also Valentine's Day weekend. So, while Spice Photography is at Katsu, I, she might have one slot left. Contact her at hello at Wild Spice Photography to book. And if not, head over to the Capsicon 2020 Facebook group. It's all, Capsicon is all caps. There is a thread right there of at least over 100 photographers looking to book. So swing by and check that out. And now that we got that out the way, uh, no hot take this week. Nothing to kind of grind gears or get opinions. So we're moving right along with that. But um, we're going to go ahead and let Ari kick things off about Dragon Ball Z Abridged. What the heck? Oh boy, this one hurts. Probably. I, I believe it. So, yeah, after after the epic that was the three-parter of episode 60, which was the uh, conclusion of the Cell, Cell games, <clears throat> and mm -hmm. having done nothing DBZ abridge-related in uh, 2009, I don't think, they're, uh, they're pretty much calling it quits on it because uh, they said that that uh, they're losing steam as time goes on, and the creators extend to work far beyond its natural lifespan. They're feeling that with this, it's a scary, depressing thought, and they don't want to end up like the Simpsons, Dexter, Scrubs, just to name a few. Mm. And they said, and yes, we know there's more story to work with, but in all honesty, they're just this isn't the emotional attachment and passion for that arc like that drove the last three seasons. So yeah, they've also mentioned things like they have to worry about keeping their channel on YouTube because they can't afford to have it taken down with copyright strikes, mm. which is worse, which gets even worse because Toei Animation 
has like a perpetual axe to grind against them, and they like routinely, you know, get, set up a copyright strike against them every couple months or so. I mean, <clears throat> you, you, all right. Let's say Dragon Ball Z was an American series, just for the sake of it. That publishing company would most likely probably would not even be bothering with copyright strikes. And if they are, it wouldn't be as bad. Maybe they just see it as free advertising, hopefully. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, whereas, like, for example, let's say Team Four Star did a parody of Serial Experiments Lane. Just saying. Now, okay. NBC Universal would not touch them because they have declared Lane open source, meaning you can do parodies and so forth as long as it's in good taste. Basically, okay. no. Uh, that could be wildly yeah. interpreted. I mean, basically, yeah. No. G- given the source material on what you were trying to compare that to. It's been a very long time since I've watched Lane. A very oh long time. What? I said, oh boy. I, I'm i just saying because it's open source. I'm just saying, as long as they kept everything clean, NBC Universal wouldn't even bother. Of course, what's also bothersome is that after they announced it on their Patreon, mm-hmm. all the shitbags on the internet came, like, came out the woodwork to uh, tear them down. They're like, some of them are even demanding their Patreon money back. It doesn't because, work that because way. Because they're entitled little ingrates that said, like, why you keep why do you still make it make all this stuff for free for us? We want more. You're they, it's unacceptable to them. Like, what are you doing, dude? You know what? These are the same these are the same entitled little bags that download anime and don't want to pay for it. You can sit there, you mean tell me you will sit there and drop X amount of money at a con for all this swag, but you can't drop like 10 bucks a month on ad-free anime? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. But yeah, it was, you know, depressing to see, mm-hmm. you know, people you know, thanking them for the memories and the entertainment and all, and people just completely, you know, you know, hating on the on Team Four Star and uh, all the work they've done. Well, one of my good friends is a part of Team Four Star, and but because of that, it kind of helped her get into the voice acting industry, which I'm really proud of her for that. But people need to understand, like us as podcasters, Team Four Star is doing this for free. Yes, they have gotten visits, like they've been guests at various conventions. That's cool. But you also have to remember they're doing this for free. All their bridge, this is all for free. Buying merch around them keeps them going. And, and they've said repeatedly that the Patreon stuff does not go to making DBZ a bridge. It goes towards everything else. Yes. Like, that money keeps the site going and all this other stuff, Okay. If the Patreon money was rolling in really good, they if, to the point where they could buy, where they could license DBZ to do this, they they would, but they're not. They've been doing this for basically twelve years. As you notice, it takes them a long time to put out an episode. You gotta be patient. 
It's like I've said. Eventually, I don't know when. I'm going to sit at this computer and be like, you know what? I think I'm done. I'm going to bring the, the, the group. I'm going to bring the staff together in a group chat. We're going to discuss the future of the podcast, the site and everything, and see where it takes us. If I feel that going to conventions isn't as fun as it used to be, and this is not, I'm going to wind this down. If Ari, Mako, Ichigo, Uni, Wild Spice, any of them, if they want to pick this up and keep it going, they have my blessing. If they all agree that if I'm going to end it, we'll all end it together, so be it. You have to understand, Team Four Star does this for fun, for the love of it. They enjoy it. This is something they do out of their free time. So where do y'all get off being entitled, demanding more? Unless you are paying their bills, you have no say in the matter. I mean, yeah, I'm upset that it's ending too, but yeah. and I after, get hearing all, hearing, after hearing all the reasoning, the, you know, the logic in, they put forth, I'm like, all right, I... Yeah. I I respect their decision. I mean, I'm not going to try and, you know, shake down, I don't know, like shake down Masako for, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I'm not really good at threatening, at being right. like no, a no, threatening no. Kind of little brat like these people are. No, I, and I get that. I mean, it, it's like as if one day I turn on OLR and Rob says, yeah, we're bringing it, we're winding down the show. I will be upset as hell about it. But given that, Orange Knowledge Radio has been around just as long as Team Four Stars Dragon Ball Z abridged, if not longer. Probably has been longer. I think OLR is going on 15 plus years. They've brought so much to the fandoms and the communities out there. I would be upset about it. But I understand why it's coming to a close. And, I, and I'd be damned if I give any of the hosts grief over ending the show. If it means that much to you, look. Find the episodes. Rip them off of YouTube. Put them together. Batch torrent them. Continue to work. That's what you do. Because not for nothing, I wouldn't mind a massive torrent of Dragon Ball Z Bridge to watch. I wouldn't mind it. But it is what it is. I wish them the best, and I hope they're able to do more from this, because I bet you all it is has given them some amazing audio, video, skills, all types of stuff. So, mm -hmm. blessings and power to them. And now that we got that, we got that interesting news out of the way, it's time for some more Castlevania. Season 3 is starting next month. Third, third season will have 10 episodes. Now, the first season premiered on Netflix July of 2017 with 4 episodes. The second season premiered in 2018 with 8 episodes, which I need to finish. Wow, has it really been 2 years? Wow. Mm. And thankfully, for those of you who don't have Netflix, you can pick up both seasons on DVD through Viz. And Netflix describes the series as returning to Netflix for another... For, for, this is what they describe the second season as. My mistake. 
Returning for a second season, Castlevania, inspired by the classic video game series, is a dark medieval fantasy following the last surviving member of the disgraced Belmont clan, trying to save Eastern Europe from extinction at the hand of Vlad Dracula Tepes himself. Trevor Belmont, the last survivor of his house, is no longer alone as he and his misfit comrades race to find a way to save humanity from extinctions at the hand of the grief-maddened Dracula and his sinister vampire war council. Sam Dietz is directing, Warren Ellis is writing and also executive producing. Shankar, Fred Seibert, and Kevin Cole are also executive producers. <coughs> Bless you. Pardon me. And for those of you who are wondering who is of, of your voices, Graham McTavish as Dracula, Richard Armitage as Trevor Belmont, James Callis as Alucard, Alejandra Reynoso as Saifa Be Belnades, Emily Swallow as Lisa Tepes, Tony Amendola as the Elder. For the Japanese dub of the series, you have Ryotaro Okiayu, Shinichiro Miki, Naoya Uchida, and Ayaka Shimo, Shimo Yamada as 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 the dub cast as the Japanese dub cast for Castlevania. Shankar announced five years ago that he was working with Fred Sabert and Kevin Cole of Frederator Studios on an animated miniseries based on the games itself. This was basically based more on Castlevania Three: Dracula's Curse, where the game is set mm -hmm. in 1476. Dracula has Europe under his grip. Trevor Belmont journeys to attempt to defeat Dracula and enlist the sorcerer Cypher Belnades, the pirate Grant Dynasty, and Dracula's own half-vampire son, Alucard. And if you think that's really awesome, Shankar is also working on an animated series based on Devil May Cry. That's going to be pretty good. Maybe if we're lucky, we'll get a crossover with um, Bayonetta. <laughs> we can only be so lucky. I know, right? Yeah. That's that's definitely one crossover I would love to see. I just I just realized, I mean, if Bayonetta and Dante were to square off, you would have to have a uh, RuPaul singing work in the background. <laughs> Think about it. As vain as, as vain and outlandish as those two are, that is the only song I can hear in the background as those two duke it out. <laughs> I think Mako approves of that. I don't know. I suddenly have Boy George's Do You Really Want to Hurt Me going through my head. <laughs> Dissonance in the mood. I'm sorry. That's that's all that's going through my head right now. Much how like picturing the, the two of them. Fighting. Much like you know, a scene from a slasher film, you know, where people are getting butchered, you know, stabbed to death, and the soundtrack is something like out of a Scooby-Doo chase scene. <laughs> that's always been my favorite. Okay, that that's going that's going on my Facebook later tonight. <laughs> God, God damn it. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> anyway, shall I continue on with the yes, articles? You continue while I compose myself. Yeah, so um, there has been an announcement for Toonami. Um, they're actually going to be cutting back 
their block um, for Adult Swim um, Tsunami on Saturdays. So currently the programming block is about five and a half to six hours. Um, According to them, it was getting too expensive and unwieldy to handle because unlike years past where they would basically play the three hours and then play the same three hours over again, um, currently they're actually playing six hours of brand new shows. So it was announced that starting February 22nd, uh, it will be a shorter lineup. It's going to go from 730, uh, sorry, 1130 until 4 a.m. And then it's going to be even shorter on February 29th, which will be 1130 to 3. And right now the lineup currently goes from 11 to 4. Hmm. So they are basically starting to show some of the last episodes of some of the series. Um, The final episode of Dr. Stone will be on February 22nd. Mm -hmm. Um, There are six shows in production for Toonami, including Uzumaki and Blade Runner Black Lotus. So once it all shortens out, the lineup as of February 29th will be My Hero Academia, Sword Art Online, Demon Slayer, Food Wars, Black Clover, JoJo, and Naruto Shippuden. <laughs> you know, what they should do, bring back the Midnight Run and put Naruto and Inuyasha on that. You know, shows that have at least more than 100 freaking episodes to it. Or at least enough, or at least enough to hit 65. I mean... I actually completely agree with that, but I would like them to bring back some of the old school anime, like your Speed Racer and, you know, those kind of old school. I'm fairly certain that Speed Network or one of the, like, the racing-centric network had the rights to Speed Racer. Yeah, I mean, I I, I wouldn't be surprised, but at the same time, you know, I, I... don't think it would be difficult for them to get something of that caliber not necessarily speed racer i'm just saying speed racer because at one point they did have speed racer the original 1965 series i will admit the amelia was thinking you know wow they're cutting back all the hours it means we're not we're gonna see much less reruns of cowboy bebop (laughs) much as i enjoy cowboy bebop kind of give that a rest i wouldn't mind them giving Tenchi Muyo a good spin one more time, you know, or yeah, something from that generation. I wouldn't mind them bringing back too. but the problem again with, you know, just with the old stuff is licensing. True. Um, But it looks like they're bringing in a lot of those licenses from Funimation and Viz. Mm -hmm. And these are all shows that they still own licensing for. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it would not be difficult for them to bring back, you know, Tenshi Muyo. Um, I don't know why they haven't started with the new Sailor Moon. You know, here, here's the thing. Hold on. I give it at least two more years before Sailor Moon ends up on Toonami. Because remember, they haven't finished putting all the episodes out on home, on DVD yet. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming you mean Sailor Moon Crystal or the first dub? I'm saying Sailor Moon Crystal. 
Oh, you know they, 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 they no, no, that that's probably not going to happen for a while. I see them putting the new dub of the 200 episodes on Toonami first before hitting Crystal. That's what I I'd see like happening. I see that. And it wouldn't surprise me they give it they give an, a, an hour block of Sailor Moon, so it gives them a year to go through all 200 episodes. Actually, no, that two years nice. to go through all 200 episodes. But you know, I would like to see them also bring on Saint Seiya. That would be nice. Or Yu Yu Hakusho. Bring they some... wouldn't be able to do Saint Seiya because Saint Seiya is on Netflix. Oh, right. Yes, right. Netflix has the, the original. They have the rights to the original anime, right? They've got the yeah. the original and their remake. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, okay. All right, that makes sense. But still, even not, that would have been nice as well. Yeah, I just, I, I definitely think they need to look into series mm -hmm. that are either complete and old, mm -hmm. like Yu Yu Hakusho, yep. or series that, you know, are coming back, like right. Sailor Moon uh -huh. or Fruits Basket or, you know, something of that nature. Because, you know, I, I get it, it's late at night, so mm -hmm. they want to keep it to the more adults feeling anime but at the same time i'm an adult and i like cute anime and also <laughs> i don't hold on <clears throat> excuse me i don't care how much flack i get for this you know where my email address you know my facebook you know my twitter i ain't hard to find a lot of this i'd like to point the finger at the millennials all of these animes that are on Toonami right now is basically the millennial Gen Z generation of anime. Okay. Uh, I, hi, I'm a millennial. No, I think you're. I think you're Gen Y. We've had this discussion. Oh, we've, I know we've had yeah. this discussion, but on technicality, I am a millennial. People my age are millennials. You are an exception to my rant. Am I too? Because yes. we're pretty much the same age. Yes, you're an. Ex you're I, I think it's. I think it's eighty-two mm -hmm. on. Yeah, the only only exception to this list is Naruto Shippuden, because that was basically more of a Gen X millennial anime because of when it came out, more or less. I mean, today's kids don't know about the older titles, so they're not going to think back. They're like, oh. This is not even full screen. Nobody's gonna want to watch it. Oh, you bet your butt I will watch it. I don't. I don't think it has anything to do with that. Mm. I think it has to do with there's so much new shit out. Yeah. Why do they have to go to the old stuff? I mean, granted, you know, but that brings into why can't they do a midnight run? Yeah. And bring back the old stuff in the midnight run. That would Keep be great. Toonami as, you know, strictly new stuff and bring back some of the old school crap, you know, at 11 p.m. on a weeknight. Yeah, I mean, look, Nickelodeon did it, the 90s, all that. I mean, mm -hmm. because of that, we got Double Dare, I'm just saying. Now, I'm happy with a three-hour Toonami block on Saturdays. But during the week, I'm thinking from 11 to twelve thirty, a ninety-minute block of three different anime, uh, three animes, you know. Oh, definitely. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, and it's I, probably not going to happen, though. No, no, um, because you know, Cartoon Network did not appreciate how 
you know, popular their non-creative work became. Yep. Um, and that's that's mainly the reason why everything ended, uh, because they didn't want to spend money on stuff that they thought was frivolous. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, it's what held their crap together mm -hmm. for so long. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, not for nothing, Cartoon Network during that time really screwed the pooch on a lot of stuff that they did. They kept thinking that the William Street media stuff was really good. Okay, Aqua Teen Hunger Force, C Lab was great. All that was good. When you got to Tom Goes to the Mayor, you were like, mm. Yeah, I, when I you got into the, the stuff, yeah. when you got into the stuff that was not cartoons, yeah, that's where issue became, you know, that's where things became problematic yeah. because this is Cartoon Network. And the amount of crap that started being put onto the station that wasn't animated at all became ridiculous. Like, they started showing live-action movies. Now I, I don't want to see live-action movies on a cartoon network. Now, I can understand if it's a live-action adaptation. I can understand the correlation. But if I want to watch a live-action, I will watch it on a different station or something like that. I can understand, let's say they're doing a new Scooby-Doo cartoon, and they're having a marathon of all old Scooby-Doo cartoons, and they throw a live-action movie... Okay, I can understand that. I get that. And then, boom, brand new Scooby-Doo. No. And let's not forget CN Real. Let's not forget about that. I think we're trying to forget about that. That's the thing. I can tell because y'all's blank expression real. Y'all forgot about that. They actually had a reality show, a mini survivor called Endurance for Kids on there, okay? Hosted by J.D. Uh -huh. Roth. All right, we're done. We're done ranting. We're, our time is going. We're moving along. I believe, um, let's see, who has this next story? Uh, Ari, Netflix and Resident Evil. Kill them all, please. Oh, boy. Uh, let's see. Netflix's website briefly listed a description for an unconfirmed series based on Resident Evil. According to Internet Archive, Wayback Machine, says the, the town of Clearfield, Maryland, has long stood in the shadow of three... Seemingly un unbelievable behemoths. Umbrella, de decommissioned Greenwood Asylum, and DC. Today, 26 years after the discovery of the T-Virus, secrets held by the three will start to be revealed at the first signs of the outbreak. <clears throat> uh, entertainment news website Deadline, Deadline reported in January 2009 that Netflix is developing a series based on the franchise. The report noted that the series will maintain basic premise of the game, but will deepen the ex existing mythology. The world. The report described the story as exploring the dark inner workings of Umbrella Corporation and a new world order caused by the outbreak of the T virus. Then I say it in Constantine film, which produced all six films in the uh, Resident Evil live action franchise, is heading to production for a series. They also hired Joannis Roberts from Forty Seven Years Down to direct and write the first reboot film for the Resident Evil franchise. A uh, greater reboot, wonderful. Mm. <clears throat> Well, the reboot's going to be a lot grittier, from my understanding. Yeah, it's supposed to take, instead of an action, it's supposed to be more horror-oriented. Survival horror stuff? Yeah. Because there's... A, what the movies did was they plopped an original character into what was going on, 
Um, which not for nothing is a good thing because it allows them to create a new story around an old plot. Um, so I loved the movie series. Um, what this Netflix series is going to be is they're actually going to basically be doing a series on the plot of the games. So it'll be those characters. It'll be those situations, which also good because there's a hell of a lot of source material for it. Didn't Millage of I mean, I, I did, like, you think of the Resident Evil movies, you, the first thing you think of is the uh, laser hallway scene where a guy Ooh. gets shredded like a Tom and Jerry cartoon, run th- like Tom run through a chain link fence. Mm-hmm. That was disgusting. <laughs> I can only... If it's going to be based off, like, all the games, I can only imagine what it'll be like if they ever get the four. I do remember reading that Mila Jovanovich, who's... I think she is connected to... She's the main character in the Resident Evil series movies, right? Yes. Yeah, because I only watched the first two, and I'm just like... She actually said something about... She doesn't even want them to be redone. I mean, she'd rather see a remastered fifth element before this. And I mean... And I'm looking at it this way. Well, if you are... If you're related to the director of the films, I can see why you don't want them done over again. Well, that's just the thing. It's not that they're being redone. It's just that they're actually doing a take on the games instead of doing, you know, their side plot. Mm -hmm. So I completely understand it. I, you know, I, I get her point of view, but it's not really a remake of the movies it's just a new take on the series which is what her movies were it's Mm. a new take on the series and had nothing you know the character is not in the in the game so it really had nothing to do with the games they just warped the plot around this new character So, technically, her movies are the ones that should never have been made, if you're looking at it that way. But I digress. Fair enough. All right, Marco, let's talk about one of your fandoms. It'll put you in a good mood. Uh, yes. Uh... Let me get to that. <laughs> so, yeah, there is a Sanrio Digimon collab that will be coming out. And they started showing some of the stuff at the Sanrio Expo, uh, Expo uh, which was last Friday. So it does look like um, your original set of Digimon and your original set of Digidestined are going to be Sanrio-fied. Um, so the crossovers will be uh, Hello Kitty and Agumon, Pompompurin and Gabumon, My Melody and Piomon, uh, Goro Picadon and Tentomon, Usahana and Palamon, Hangi Odon and Gomamon, uh, Cinnamon Roll and Patamon, and Kuromi and Talmon. They look so precious. 
I want this entire collection. <laughs> I figured you would. Um, these things are freaking adorable. I definitely want this entire collection. Um, it's just, it's, it's so damn cute. Um, but the collection is commemorating the release of uh, Digimon Adventure Last Evolution, uh, which is a film that is being released on February 21st in Japan. And these will be available from February 21st um, at the uh, premium shop at Osaka and starting February 28th in Tokyo, um, Akihabara. Mm. And they will be also sold through the online store, but obviously that is in Japanese. And yeah. But this crap is so freaking adorable, and I want it. Ooh, I just got an email from Diz about the live-action JoJo. Ooh, live-action JoJo? I think it's available for purchase. Oh, nice. Because I I can't really get into the animation style, but I liked live-action JoJo. I'm really hoping there is a if they do it a chapter two. I'm really hoping for it. Speaking of JoJo, I, like binging with Babbage did a uh, did an episode on uh, the Squid Ink Spaghetti from one of the from one sh- from mm. uh, one series. I forget what it was. Oh yay! It is blue on Blu-ray for twenty bucks right now. Mm. Sounds about right. Yeah, I think I'm gonna get myself that. Nice. I still have yet to watch Batman Ninja. I might, I might have to do that this weekend. You should bring that with you the next time you come over, because I have not seen that one yet either. Well, then I'll hold off on watching it then. Okie dokie. Okay, so I've got me some JoJo coming. Anyway, next. So, sorry, <laughs> I, 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 had to, I had to pose, so. And I had to say something in one of my uh, many group chats. Anywho, moving right along. Okay. Oscars and Miyazaki. This is cool. Now, what had happened was... Tom Hanks announced during the 92nd Academy Awards ceremony this past Sunday that the Academy Museum of Motion Pictures will open on December will open on December 14, 2020. And the museum's first exhibits will feature the works of acclaimed filmmaker Hayao Miyazaki, presented in collaboration with Studio Ghibli. That is really awesome. The museum's website noted that the exhibit will feature original production material, some of which has never never been seen outside of Studio Ghibli's archives, from films like My Neighbor Totoro and Spirited Away. In particular, the exhibit will present more than 200 concept sketches, character designs, storyboards, layouts, cells, backgrounds, film clips, and immersive environments. The exhibit will have an accompanying print catalog film screenings, events, and a unique Studio Ghibli merchandise at the museum shop. 
The museum as a whole will delve into the 90-year history of the Oscars. It'll open at the intersection of Wilshire and Fairfax Avenue in L.A. The Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences had announced the project back in 2012 with a 2017 opening date. The Academy announced the Miyazaki exhibit in December 2018, with the museum opening had slipped to 2019. Now with Miyazaki directing his next feature film, Kimitachi wa do Ikiruka, which is How Do You Live? Studio Ghibli producer Toshio Suzuki reported the film was about 15% complete at the end of October after three and a half years of production. I think Ghibli's like one of the last remaining animation houses that does everything on paper, hand and paper. Right? Mm-hmm. I thought mm-hmm. so. That's really good. It's really amazing, too. All right. From time to time, we do see this come up periodically when it comes to animators and designers. Somebody stealing from somebody, tracing, uh, plagiarisms and stuff like that. Ari, can you tell us what's going on with Denzel Curry? So, yeah, Denzel Curry and Kenny Beats released a music video called Unlocked on Thursday featuring a bunch of animated segments. And it's got over a million views. Mm. But people were saying that the cosmic segment of the video features animations traced from other animated products, such as Cowboy Bebop the movie, Naruto, and a bunch of others. And let's see, the segment from the 2136 is similar to this cut from the OP animation Absolute Duo. And, oh boy. Oh, Legend of Korra, how could I forget? Mm-hmm. Um... Honestly, it feels like one of those things where it's blurring the line between tracing and homage. Yeah. Because, you know, a bunch of scenes, like, there have been scenes that have been um, homage to death in the anime and other works. Like, I mean, uh, mm-hmm. like Naruto and Sasuke's fights, one of them, uh, you know, a bunch of Naruto, Naruto fights, actually. I mean... And even other stuff, like the, uh, the Akira bike slide, that, that's been parody the, the, the hell and back true i mean like in, and I, think, that. I think in an episode of the boondocks they did an homage to um samurai champloo with one of the fight scenes yeah but i think the difference probably was thinking or i think pro- yeah i think that's made it different because it wasn't it wasn't directly it was just like they did it in their own way with the different you know, it was similar, yeah, but it again, wasn't. Uh, yeah. The blurring the line between homage and tracing. Yeah. It's not like fucking Nick Simmons, you know, what he did. Mm. What, when he plagiarized, like, half of the popular anime at time, like, One Piece, Death Note. Mm-hmm. Like, he wasn't even trying to hide it, I don't think. Well, he was. He just was not doing a very good job of it. There you go. Which made it look all the more obvious. speaking of a bridge i remember one ep- intro going you go abridged it's pretty much the only thing nick simmons didn't plagiarize <laughs> <laughs> wow cheap shot another below the belt jab by the abridged community Thunk. punch me in the dick 
Why does he keep punching me in the dick? <laughs> Alright, enough about that. And it looks like we have an update with My Hero Academia. Oh boy. No, it's a good one. I, I know, I'm just saying, oh god, I remember this guy from last mm-hmm. week. Yeah, so um, the newest update has come out on the uh, newest villain from My Hero Academia. Um, So uh, his name has changed, obviously. Um, So the villain is uh, Daruma Ujoko, and his new name is going to be changed to uh, Kudai Garaki. Um, so the name is going to maintain elements from the original name. Uh, Kudai is written with the kanji for ball and big, which he's a very big round guy. And uh, Garaki takes the last three syllables of the villain's mentor's name, Shigaraki, while also including the kanji for tree. The character's original given name, which was revealed in the magazine last week, was uh, Maruta Shiga, And unfortunately, that caused a lot of issues with China and Korea due to um, old World War II uh, issues that the Imperial Army was doing experimentations, and the codename was Murata. Um, This caused so much issue that uh, China and Korea, uh, through Billy Billy and Tencent, uh, were going to pull the manga, um, or I should say that Um, That's part of why early on they pulled the manga, but uh, there was also the possibility of the cancellation of the mobile game, which is being done by Chinese studio Jin Yu or Jin Yan. Um, So both the creator and the editor apologized on Friday, uh, promising that going forward, they intend to devote energies towards deepening the understanding of variety of historical and cultural matters. Both the publisher and creator reiterated that the reference to war crimes within the character's name was wholly unintentional. Does it bother anyone else that this guy looks like a dollar value version of Dr. Robotnik? I thought I was the only one that noticed that. <laughs> Has that bit of a walrus look to him. Kind of reminds mm-hmm. me of Tusker Nini from Darkwing Duck. Thus why his name now means Big Round Ball. All right, let let me just say this. I just think it was just purely a coincidence and by accident this happened. There are people who are thinking that uh, Horikoshi did this on purpose. He didn't. And now that they... They're like, uh uh-oh. I screwed up. Look, they revealed Bakugo's uh, birthday, and there are people who are thinking that was done on purpose. His what do you birth, mean? His birthday is April 20th. Nice. So there are people that think that his birthday is 420 for obvious reasons? Not that reason. <laughs> Somebody else's birthday. What? Who? Adolf. Mm. Yeah. The fandom the th- is freaking nuts. The thing is, what people really need to understand with a lot of this kind of stuff is that a lot of manga that we don't necessarily see 
the historical connotation is there. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, this is why various, like this is why Titans got hounded on because of the historical issues, because of the religious issues. Um, And, you know, to people that are outside, they just see it as, you know, a decent story. It's unfortunate that, you know, this kind of crap happens. Uh, Not that it's, you know, I wouldn't say that it's purposely being insensitive. Um, But at the same time, you know, the, it's not, even if it was being done purposely, it's not being done maliciously. Manga and things like this are a way to either retell the story in such a way that it, you know, not that it makes up for the past, but that it shows that people are trying to make up for the past. Um, So that's why in various, you know, series, you will have weird things happen um, and they try and make light of it or they try and fix it. Or, I mean, just look at Hetalia. Yeah. I mean, they went deep into some things. They didn't go deep enough into others, but it was just this kind of cracked out series kind of, you know, personifying as one person what these countries were going through during these times it's sort of like um azure lane or can Cole collection in a way yeah so i mean even if he was named what he was named purposely i don't think it was done maliciously no, um wasn't. the fact that it is you know a villain mm-hmm. is showing that the creator is thinking that this is a bad thing. You obvious, obviously have this as the villain. So, you know, I would take that looking at that as you're going through now the manga to see what is going to be happening to this guy and, you know, just how much trouble he's going to be getting into. Um, because this is, it's, it's, trying to learn from history and trying to reteach history in such a way that, you know, it makes people think instead of going, Oh, this is a history lesson. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately there's so much crap going on in the world right now that is repeating history. You know, I get where the knee jerk reaction is coming from. I get where that anger is coming from, but at the same time, these are people trying to teach about that anger in a new way. And also, I will say, they said there's a saying: those who do not know the history are doomed to repeat it. In a way, that is happening to everybody because as we get older, textbooks are changing, and a lot of what's in the textbooks are being omitted. And what's being omitted, you probably will not discover till you go into a higher level of education learning, you know? And that's even if you do. Yep. It's just ridiculous. It is. And, you know, 
the the history of the world is being dumbed down just about everywhere so that it's making people not look as bad as they actually were mm-hmm. and that's stupid that is absolutely stupid It is what it is. It's like, just tell the truth and don't do it again. Yeah. But anyway. Now, let's move along. Let's yeah, get, let's get into the... We have minds to destroy. Say what? We have minds to destroy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, well, I don't think any of these are going to be mind-destroying this week. You're staying your hand. How merciful of you. Mm-hmm. It was actually a really boring week in Japan. I think something outlandish did pop up on my feed that I saved. I'm probably going to drop it into next week's uh, rundown. Okay. Because I think, if, yeah, yeah, I'm going to save that for next week, and it's, go- it's going to crack somebody's skull. I'm okay with that, and I want the second one. Okay. I will I'll take the first one, I guess. I was going to say I take the last one. So that works out. Yep. All right, Ari, buddy boy, you're up first. All right, Tokyo rolls out its strongest urinals ever. What? So the greater Tokyo area has been dealing with the pressing problem for nearly a decade. People have been smashing public toilets in city parks at an alarming rate. Why? That's what I want to know. And... Kairi Gawaka Park alone, 85 toilets are said to have been broken since March 2004, totaling roughly 10 million in or 92,000 US in damages. They are commissioning a line of cast iron urinals that can repel most human powered attacks. What? I immediately. Okay, so it's not like having a urine stream so strong it punches holes in the porcelain. I think that, that might not have been better or worse. <laughs> so, the task of creating these indestructible toilets fell on the Saitama branch of Nash- Nationwide Ironworks <clears throat> Ito Teko. They've been able to provide iron fencing for Tokyo Park, so one of its members asked him to make a strong toilet as well. Uh, full toilet is very difficult to forge from iron, so he started with a simple design of a urinal instead. However, even making a urinal is much more ca- challenging than he expected. You know, Tucker had to consider things like stream angles and minimizing splashback, while also not infringing on other copyright designs. Arkin High! <laughs> God damn it. There's a link for other designs' copyrights, and I am not touching that with a 10 foot pole. <laughs> Still, they're going to create one strong looking urinal, and. There's a video that shows it can withstand a 16 and a half pound iron ball being dropped onto it. And and impossible to destroy without power tools. Don't say it's indestructible or someone will destroy it, probably by accident. You, you've heard about making something idiot-proof, right? <laughs> you make something idiot-proof, you'll get a better idiot. <laughs> better idiot. I think that's an oxymoron. Or in case, a bigger idiot. And of course people re- reacted to it. Uh, I know people who like to smash toilets won't agree, but I think these are great. 
I had no idea so many toys are getting broken, neither did I. I think we should do the underlying issues of toilet smashing first. They don't look so strong. There's no security against guys with wandering eyes. Japanese manufacturing. Bragging about having a stronger toilet in an area full of toilet smashers seems like it's asking for trouble. Lord. And they already have some in Komazawa, Olympic Park in Setagaya, Tokyo, and another unit in Yanaka Cemetery in Taito. Wait, cemetery? Well, you got, well, after you pay People your have been going into cemeteries to smash toilets. Well, nobody's around to hear them. I'm fairly sure <laughs> that there's some overlap with, you know, having no respect for the dead. True. Man's like, yeah, it's a dummy, right? Clong, 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 clong. Shit. Ugh. Ah, people are idiots. Yeah, think. Mako, if you would please. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so I was talking about the uh, Japanese comedian last week that was uh, painting calligraphy with his butt. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, he's also, after, you know, debuting butt calligraphy, uh, he decided to dress up as billionaire Yusaka Mezawa and fire powerful rockets at his crotch. Um, and again, this is all for, you know, humor reasons. Uh, but, uh, you know, he, he's actually become pretty damn popular. So fans have racked up well over a million views on each of the videos that he's had in, pushing his subscribers to over 1,800,000, oh, sorry, 800,000 in less than a week. Um, he was doing really, really well. And he did say that he was going to push the limits of what YouTube will allow. And he got banned in the process. Whoops. Um, well, I should say he was looking to get banned in the process. Um, however, he did not predict what YouTube was actually capable of. Um, so there was an update. Thank you always for your support. There's one piece of sad news. All three videos we posted so far failed to get ad revenue. Please tell us what to do. Really? He got the monetized? I did not see this coming. Yes. Yeah, so instead of, outright ban out, instead of outright banning him, um, they just simply took away his ability to make money. I think the um, been more merciful. Mm. Yeah, so uh, they basically are leaving him in limbo of meaningless endeavors. Um, he can still continue to go onto YouTube and cross whatever lines he feels necessary. Um, but unless he decides that he is going to uh, tone down what he's doing, he will actually... Uh, no longer be able to make money off of his videos. He does know that crotch rocket means something different in the States. <laughs> um, he's also launched a second sub channel called uh, Spare Underwear. 
And what? only one video has been released, but he's uncharacteristically wearing a shirt, uh, which would suggest that he took some comments into advice and toned down his uh, skin exposure. So, yeah. Um, and then part of his shtick is that all of his uh, announcements and videos and all of that are announced precisely at 250, thus his name. Um Igashi 250. So until you know 250 comes around again, we've got no idea what the hell he's gonna be doing. Mm. But as of right now, he ain't making money off of it. Whoops. And I can't say that I did not see that one coming. As Theo X75 says in our chat at twitch TV slash anime jam session. Crotch Rocket 2020. Oh, God. It's like it's like Filthy Frank and Jackass doing the fusion dance. <laughs> All right. Have fun with this last one. Okay, you see the expression on my face? Yeah, I Good. see it. Japan Railways to release an anti-groper smartphone app to help victims before Chikan gets away. So what? They hit the button, the app fires up, and it screams at the person or something like that? I'd appreciate that. <laughs> so there are a couple of re there are a couple of reasons why. Japan's train groping problem is, is such a thing. One is the inherent mobile nature of the crime, because it's kind of hard to get help from authorities when the, perp, when the perp can hop off a train and just mad dash to another one going in another direction. You know, grab your ass, jump off at that stop, hop a train and go in the other direction, gone. Another issue is the fact that it could be crowded conditions at rush hour, which can hide what's going on. Again, person come up stand behind you grab his hand under your skirt fondle get off at the next stop jump onto another crowded train and just gone and because of how crowded it is it's hard to scream that something that a perv grabbed you poked you because that person's in the crowd you can't you can't point the person out it's kind of hard to do that and i also figure people are much more reluctant to uh Step in and help with that happens. Not, yes and no, depending on the situation. You know, it, it, much as Japan has, has that whole mind your own business type aspect, if something is going down or something like that, somebody, people have stepped up. Now, what East Japan Railway Company, better known as JR East, is doing is that they're testing a new system that allows victims to report a Chikan or train groper with a tap of their smartphone. What you do is you press a button, it sends a message to the train's conductor, and it allows them to see specifically in the train the alert was sent from. The, the conductor will make an announcement over the PA system informing them that, that we have a report of a Chikan in car number three. JR East hopes that this will startle the, the perp into getting his hands off the victim and also will attract attention from other passengers. While the company isn't going as far as to ask passengers to team up and physically restrain or pummel the person, the extra set of eyes 
should also act as a deterrent and monitor the offender until the train arrives at the next station, whereupon a security team, alerted by the conductor where the victim's alert came in, will be waiting on the platform to apprehend the groper. Yeah, a much more effective method of dealing with the uh, Chikan. Korera no te! Which means, these hands! In Japanese. Please, Ari, don't hurt nobody. We, we, we don't have bail money. We don't. <laughs> You'll bankrupt us for sure. If I'll do it to myself first. <laughs> now, the testing of this new system is scheduled to begin in late February on trains traveling on the Saikyo line, which connects the west side of downtown Tokyo with the residential communities north of the capital and neighboring Saitama Prefecture where it's one of the busier commuter lines in the country. The initial test will involve JR employees making alerts at prearranged times during weekday mornings to in order to test systems reliability. The conductor will announce alerts, and although the announcement will inform passengers that there are currently just tests, this should help let potential Chikon know that the system is moving towards fully operational status. Following the first round of tests, JR East plans to fine-tune the system for a second round of testing in June, Followed by the eventual release of the finished app to the public. Uh, you know what? I think the best way they would do it, you hit the button, you report to the Chikon. The G it's a GPS signal that alerts the conductor. They open up a panel at one of the cars, and they can, and they can probably figure out through the GPS which train car that it lit up at. Which would kind of help. But this is what it's come down to. Now, you know, an American version of this where, you know, you hit the button, someone will come up and just slap the taste out their mouth. <laughs> Anywho. Shall we, shall we end this roller coaster ride? Mm-hmm. Uh, sure, because I just found something really freaking amusing. Good. Because I actually... Well, I'll get into it once we get into our end credits, which is here. Well, thank you everyone for listening, watching, and participating with us on Anime Jam Session episode number 437 tonight. If you have any questions about the show, drop us a line at podcast at animejamsession.com. Again, that is podcast at animejamsession.com. We're here to believe you. Check out our website at animejamsession.com where you will find links to our convention videos, uh, convention reports, cosplay interviews, cosplay tips and tricks, one-on-ones, uh, editorials, our weekly podcasts, anime reviews, so much more. It's all that and then some at AnimeJamSession.com. And don't forget, you can take us on the go. You can find us in iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, Player FM, and Anchor FM. Thanks to those amazing people over there. And... If you don't want to drop us an email, leave us a review on one of these sites, and we'll definitely check it out. By the way, I've actually gotten off my lazy tookus and checked for reviews. Oh, I got some interesting reviews. We'll be dis reviews of our podcast. We'll be discussing in upcoming weeks. So, it's, I really appreciate the feedback. So, I have a few things to say. So, it'll be cool. Nobody's getting hurt, not just yet. <laughs> Don't forget to check us out on social media, youtube.com, Anime Jam Session, for all of our convention videos and interviews and all that good stuff. Um, 
twitter.com slash anime jam session follow us there for when we're going live conventions that we're going to and other cool stuff Uh, don't forget to find us at facebook.com slash anime jam session where you'll find our convention photos cosplay photos you might find a couple of con videos here and there and then some so now we're gonna go around the room last words are you I just want to get to bed because I don't like getting up early. <laughs> mm, I hear you. Last words, Mako. Um, yeah, so uh, BarkBox is back with their somewhat not safe for work posts. Oh, Lord. <laughs> BarkBox. It's a monthly box for dogs. And their uh, Thanksgiving box was uh, very... Um, pun filled because they had a uh, pig in a blanket toy that looked more like a fleshlight. <laughs> um, so okay, they, I, I heard enough. I heard enough. Yeah. So um, they basically said uh, the internet saw something else, something sexy. It got weird, and the toys <laughs> sold out. <laughs> oh lord. They even put it got weird and the toys sold out faster than you can say flashlight. <laughs> <laughs> now, for a limited time, we're bringing this notorious toy back in all its not safe for work glory. God. My last words. I left my lunch bag at work again. Damn it. Boo. I know. Well, that is it. End of list. We'll be back next week where Wild Spice and Ichigo will be on the show and they'll be telling us about Katsukon 2020. If you see them at the con this weekend, give them a consenting hug and some energy bars and something to drink because they will need it. So that is it. End of list. I am Ranma. I'm Ari. And I am Mako-chan. Great fight. Great night. See you next week. Good night, everybody. Good night. Say good night, Mako-chan. Good night, Mako-chan. That's it. This podcast has been a production of Anime Jam Session and AJS Productions. No fanboys and fangirls were hurt, maimed, shot, electrocuted, or pistol whipped in this episode. For now. The views, opinions, and thoughts expressioned on the show do not reflect the staff or the network as a whole. But we're still right, damn it! For transcripts of this episode, start typing. Check us out at AnimeJamSession.com and VogNetwork.com for more information about us and other programming. Jamatane!